I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We certainly honor the spirit of Christ and we thank God for another day. Amen. If he's done anything for you, indulge me for a moment and just give him a hand of praise. Can you do that? <clears throat> what a joy, what a delight it is to be here at Faith Fellowship Church. I'm thanking God for the leadership and once again, their kind invitation. You know, folks don't have to invite you anywhere. <laughs> but uh, I'm grateful for uh, the fellowship here at this great church. I want to invite your attention to Mark's Gospel, Chapter 5. I love this story, and, and uh, I believe there's some holy hints that we can glean from it on our pilgrimage. But before we get there, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father and our God, the sustainer of life and the one who does all things well, we come now not asking you for anything. We just want to thank you. Thank you for paying our bills. Thank you for sleeping on a bed last night. Thank you for some folks who love us, who know us as we are and love us anyway. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for raising us up out of our sick beds. Thank you for family and friends. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your providence that you made a commitment to take care of your own. Thank you for your grace, your saving grace, and your common grace that you give to everyone. Thank you for eyes to see, for ears to hear, a mind that has sense enough to seek your face. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus and what he did for us on Calvary. Forgive us for those times when we've taken sin lightly. And you did not reward us according to our sin. Father, we pray now that as your word goes forth, that it will fall on fertile soil. We pray right now in the name of Jesus for that person who's here today under the sound of my voice who does not know you in the free pardon of their sin. Lord, we pray that this would be the day of decision, that they surrender their hearts unto you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you are about to do in our midst. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence because you make preaching easy. We love you, Lord. We ask all of this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ and our soon-to-come reigning King, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We used to sing a song, I woke up this morning with my mind. Oh, some of you know it. Stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on him. It says, ain't no harm in keeping your mind. Stayed on Jesus. And then it goes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. What a joy, what a delight it is to be here. I'm not going to bother you long today. I, got you. I know you got things to do, and the weather's nice, so we're going to do what we've come to do and, and get you up on out of here. Uh, meet me in Mark chapter 5. I love this story. It's just, it, it shows you the, the grace of God, the transforming power that Jesus makes available to those that trust him. This man was in a horrible way, but yet he, he hooked up with Jesus, had an encounter with him, and he became a disciple. And I mean not just a follower. He really gave all to the master. So I want us to unpack this just for a moment. I think we can get a few lessons from it. Um, I believe, and I, I don't have no proof of this, but to me personally, I believe that John chapter 6, verse 66, is one of the most, one of the saddest verses in all of Scripture. And there's a whole lot you can find, but, but this particular one, says that they turned and walked with Jesus no more. Kind of makes you wonder, where are they going? If you eliminate Jesus from the equation, who are you going to follow? And we walk away from Jesus in different ways. We walk away from Jesus when we fail to confess him as Lord and Savior of our lives. We walk away from him. We walk away from him when we fail to cultivate a prayer life. When we fail to worship him in spirit and in truth, we walk away from him. When we fail to witness for him, when we fail to serve him, we walk away from Jesus. Ah, but when you have a genuine encounter with him, I believe you discover that Jesus Christ is too good to let go. When you look back over your life, when you rewind and look at what he's done for you and is still doing for us and what he has yet to do, he's too good. To let go. And I believe this man in Luke's gospel teaches us that. Uh, it, it says, let me read some of it for you. I, I don't, I'm not making this up. It's in Matthew's, Mark's gospel, chapter 5. Let me read some verses for you. 
beginning of verse 1, it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he, Jesus, had come out of the boat, immediately there met him a man out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he, Jesus, said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Verse 15. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Verse 18. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. So ends the reading of God's word. One of the first things that jumps out at you is that Jesus welcomes you just as you are. Um, don't run by that too fast because uh, he still welcomes the confused. He still welcomes the broken, the rejected, the needy. He, he's there with open arms to those who are rejected, marginalized, and in their own eyes are insignificant. But Jesus Christ has room for you. And he desires that you and I be part of his family. Okay, let, let, me, let me see if I can make it plain. The, the text says that Jesus was getting out of the boat and immediately there met him this man who was a lunatic, a madman. Now, the disciples had to be a little concerned right about now because in chapter 4, they had just come through a terrible windstorm. And, and, and they said, Jesus, do you care that we perish? Now, Jesus was asleep in the stern. Now, if Jesus is asleep and there's a storm, you're probably going to be all right. Um, 
In other words, when the pilot panics on a plane, then you begin to panic. But as long as he's in control, baby, this ain't nothing but a little turbulence. We're going to get through this. But when he starts panicking, Jesus was able to hush the wind. And the, the waves laid down on his gentle command. So they're saying, wait a minute, we, 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 we almost died in a storm, and now you tell me a madman who's running naked is approaching us? They had to be saying to themselves, what next? Hanging out with Jesus can be an adventure. And you know what? It is. Those of us who have walked with the Holy for a while have walked with him long enough to know that this thing can be an adventure. You don't always know what's coming your way. But I'm glad he does. He sees around corners and he sees in crevices and cracks and he knows what's on the way. But, but there's more to this. See, see, this was a teaching moment. Notice it says, and they, the disciples, came to the other side. They were watching, but it says, but he was met. They stayed on the boat watching as Jesus dealt with this man who had some serious issues. Maybe Jesus was trying to say that when you do ministry, it sometimes gets messy. You have all kinds of people who may be approaching you, people whose breath may not smell too good, people who may be unkempt, people who may be dirty, didn't bathe, people who have all kinds of issues. Jesus was helping them see that when you do ministry, understand that it's not always going to be clean, tidy, and pristine. It gets nasty. Feeding folk who ain't thankful. Who don't say thank you? Who don't say, could I have please? Who demand? Ministry can get nasty and messy. And that's what Jesus was helping these fellas understand. Notice they were watching. They were taking his encounter in as they watched. Be careful. When ministry becomes comfortable and nice and pretty and clean, sometimes you got to smell like sheep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes you got to smell like some folks who got some mess on them. Because if the truth be told, you got some mess on you. I know you holy. I know you go to church. I know you tithe. I know you... I know, you know church doctor. Yeah, you know all of that. But he ain't impressed with what you know. He's more impressed with what you do with what you know. This man, this man was a mess, y'all. I'm not making it up. Brother had some stuff going on. He, he was hanging out in the tombs, the graveyard. Maybe because that's the place where he would not be judged. 
Ain't nobody going to bother you at the tomb unless other tomb dwellers too. And ain't much they can say because they're in the same predicament that you are. He was hanging out in the tombs. And the Bible says night and day he was screaming and cutting himself with jagged pieces of rock. Which means that when Jesus saw this man, he, he probably had scars and scrapes and scabs. It was night, so maybe he didn't see all of that, but, but he wasn't a great sight to look at. And what I like is how Jesus uh, handles this man. Uh, Jesus handles him with, with such care. The Bible says that, that, that he, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran. You see that? I'm not making that up. It, it, in verse, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshiped him. Let me tell you something. Keep running to Jesus. I, 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 I want you to, to develop a mindset where you can make running to Jesus part of your daily routine. Don't just run to him when, when all is not well, but, but, but run to him when life, when the sunshine is shining, when all is well with you and yours. Make it a point to keep running to him. Because oftentimes we run to so many other things that really can't do much for us. But if I just set my mind and my focus on him early and get in the habit of running to Jesus, oh, beloved, we save ourselves a whole lot of heartache, trouble, and pain. This man looked up and, and he ran to Jesus. And then it says that he worshiped him. He didn't worship him in a sense of hallelujah, praise, not, but, but he gave reverence, honor to Christ. If you want to get God's activity into your agony, learn to run to him and worship him, reverence him. He's saying, I, 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 he's the superior and I'm inferior. That's what he did. He ran to Jesus. And I will submit to you, during this season of pandemic, we've been running to everything but Jesus. But I want to keep running to him because his track record is too impressive. He has been providing for us for as long as we can remember. So why am I not going to seek his face? And that's all running to him is. It's saying, Lord, I'm here. I know you are there. I'm your child. I'm under your providence and your care. You are obligated to care for me. You love me unconditionally. Keep seeking and running to him. When you run to him, you find grace sufficient for whatever you're going through. You find mercy. He holds back giving you what you deserve. He gives forgiveness. Hope, help is all found in running to him. Even correction. 
I know we don't like to be corrected, but, but when he's corrected, kept correcting me, at least I know I'm on his mind. I'm encouraged by this portrait of Christ, one who has so much courage. Jesus was not nervous. He wasn't afraid. Isn't that something? He, 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 I like that portrait of Christ. Yeah, you're a madman. Come on, I got something for you. And, and, and Jesus just, he was so bold in his pronouncement. He just said, what's your name? He gets personal with it. By the way, what's your name? He wants to know your name. He wants to get personal and intimate with you and I. That's just the kind of Savior that we have. Jesus did not see this man as a nuisance. He didn't see him as someone to be shunned. We see the compassion of Christ, the heart of Christ. He wanted to know this man's Name because Jesus was willing to accept this man and deal with this man just as he was. Um, I remember when uh, we would go shopping sometime for furniture years ago, um, and, and, and on some of the items, there would be a tag and it would be hanging from the item, and, and, and it would say, as is. Oh, give me trouble. Um, sometime there was a table, uh, and, 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 and maybe it was a, a garment that was slightly torn or had a slight issue with it, but, 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 but you could get it at a reduced price, but you had to agree that you would take it as is. All of its imperfections, its chips, its... Less than perfect. Well, guess what? You see where I'm going, don't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. We, too. Yeah. I heard it. He took us as is. I see what you can become. And with a little work, mom and them would fix it up, or dad would do something to finish it off, and, and it would look almost brand new. And he's saying, I want to take you just as you are with all of your hang-ups, your hurts, your failures, don't matter to me, I'll take you. And when I finish with you, you'll be as pure gold. <sighs> we serve a God that takes us as is, and he does not leave us. That's my second point, the way he finds us. And leave us the way he finds us. Um, I, uh, I was looking at this thing, and I looked at the verse, and it says, Jesus said to the man, come out from among him unclean. And then verse 15 says, the man that had been demon-possessed is sitting clothed in his right mind. Isn't that something? He, he was... He was now no longer the man he used to be. Um, Jesus delivered him. He defeated the evil spirit. And let me, let me tell you something. We, and if the truth be told, we got some evil stuff in us. 
I know I'm in church. I know I'm a church folk. But I, we still got this sin nature. When I do good, evil is present with me. We still got some ways that are unpleasing to him. We have not been delivered from everything yet. We still got some hated habits. Not by myself. Come on, y'all. I mean, we still got some ways about us. Some sin, yeah, some sin. that we need to get up out of us. And this man teaches us the only way you're going to get it up out of you is through a genuine encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You got that pull that keeps you going toward that, that razor's edge, that which you know you ought not be doing. But this man teaches us, and this text is tailored to teach us, that our God can deliver break, pull down, strongholds, those hated habits and things we do. People don't like talking about no sin no more. Man, just make me feel good. Yeah, well, look, he's still concerned about sin. Last I checked. And I know we're not sin less, but we want to sin less. I mean... Listen, look at your own life. Let's make it personal. Look at some of the stuff you've been delivered from. We don't need to know. But all of us, if, you, if I gave you the mic, you could just go, I used to be this. I'm an ex this. I'm an ex uh, addict. I'm an ex, wasn't, look, wasn't a skirt I didn't like to chase. Maybe that was your... Your issue. Maybe, maybe you couldn't, you, you love to get to the drug man. Maybe you closed the bars at two o'clock. I don't know, but we all had something that Christ delivered us from. And if we're not delivered yet, he is in the process of lessening that appetite for whatever it is. But I've got to be willing to trust him. He, we sang it, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Notice it said, he who the sun not you set yourself free, but the sun sets you free. Some of our attitudes, some of our ways of thinking need the scalpel that only he can deliver from. And he did it by his divine grace. That's what brought this man freedom. It was the grace of God. We don't know the backstory. We don't know what happened to this man for him to behave the way he was. We don't know. And maybe there's a lesson for us that we don't know what can happen in our lives that can take us in another whole direction. We don't know. We don't know the story. But we do know that Christ saw him in his predicament and was able to set him free. And Christ is still in the business of setting us free from those things that are not pleasing and pleasant to him. Oh, come on, y'all. <laughs> he re no, re see, see, I, I, no, 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 no. See, see maybe, maybe your life is well. Maybe, look, maybe you're doing great. Maybe you ain't catching no hell. But some of us are. And we rerun into him and petitioning him. Lord, if you don't show up, if your grace does not deliver me, I'm not going to make it. 
Bible says, come boldly into the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. One way to appropriate the grace of God is to ask him for it. Lord, it's your grace that I need because if your grace does not show up, your word says your grace is sufficient. Lord, I'm believing you. I'm trusting you. I'm taking you at your word. I need you to help me defeat this, this on the inside of me. That is not pleasing to you. Robert McMurray McChaney was a Scottish preacher. He said this years ago, some time ago, man died young, but brilliant mind. He said, uh, unfathomable oceans of grace are for you in Christ. Dive and dive again, and you'll never reach the bottom of its depths. Oh, that is so true. He's saying, dive and dive again to the grace of God. And you'll never reach the bottom of its depths. Oh, beloved, if we just learn to hold on to that, when we find ourselves going through whatever it is, I'm dealing with the unfathomable oceans of God's grace for me in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, that he makes grace available if we simply go to him. Oh, Lord, I really do got to move. Um, I'm not joking, y'all. I'm, I'm serious because we got, um, the third thing we see is that Jesus satisfies you with his presence. He's too good to let go because he satisfies us with his presence. This man said, Jesus, now remember now, he, he, he's been delivered. He's been set free. He said, Jesus, listen, I want to go with you. You know, when someone does something for you to change your life, you, you do kind of have, have a, you, you kind of have an obligation to them. Um, you, you're so grateful for what they've done that, that one way you express your gratitude is that you want to be with them. You want to be around them because... You, you're still thinking in your mind, you know what you've come through and how they were there for you. He, he says, Jesus, I, I want to go with you. Um, I, that, that's, that's a good thing. He, he wanted to be close to Jesus. Make sure, beloved, that you make it a point to do what you have to do to stay close to Jesus. Um, I didn't intend to go here, but I'm, a, I'm out here now. Um, there's a, 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 a powerful gentleman who was known worldwide for his apologetics. And his, his story is an illustration for all of us. When most folk fall, it is not because they don't know church doctrine. It is not because they are not mature believers in Christ. Listen, you can wake them up at 2 in the morning, they can give you chapter, verse, about what it means.
But sometimes, if you're not careful, you can mistake mature, knowledge with maturity. Mm -hmm. Because you know a lot does not insulate you from keeping Jesus at a distance. You see, somewhere along the line, something happened. I don't know what. But when Jesus is no longer preeminent, and when you put any and everything else above him, and you lose him, beloved, you are now on a slippery slope down. So yeah, learn all you can. Get, get, get all that you can get. But make sure that you don't miss Jesus and neglect him in the process of your getting. Because sometimes you can get all of that, miss Jesus, And the enemy always wants to see you fall. Keep them close. Well, well preacher, that sounds good, but how do you keep them close? Spend time with them. Sacrifice. Get up early. Before you start your day. Feast in his word. Have a prayer life. Get a prayer partner. Be part of Bible study. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now listen, some things you can keep at a distance, and you can be okay. All right, um, that second piece of cheesecake with strawberries? Oh, I, oh I'm going down somebody's street, huh? Yeah. You, 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 can, you can keep that at a distance. Uh, so, some folk who just like to gossip and never got nothing good to say, Keep them at a distance. Listen, we've been practicing social distancing for almost, what, over a year now, 14 months. Seemed like forever, right? But, but, but the idea is for you to stay safe. You're doing that because of, you just don't know who's, been, who's got vaccinated, who doesn't. So, so all of us are in masks because we don't know. So we've practiced social distancing. But as it relates to Jesus, social distancing is a bad principle. No, you, you don't want to social distance him. You want to draw as close to him as you can. Get close to him. Praise him. Worship him. Talk to him. Sing to him. All of this keeps my heart soft toward the things of Christ and keeping myself mindful of, of him. Last one is this. Jesus gives you a story to tell. Um, Najee Harris uh, was a star fullback for the University of Alabama football team. They had the draft this past week. Um, and he was selected number 24 to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, we're going to be in trouble, right? Yeah. This boy, he good. He good. Um, he's one of the leading rushers of, of Alabama and uh, a lot of promise and potential. While most of his friends and other colleagues and other football players, collegiate players, were up in Cleveland preparing for the draft, uh, Najee Harris was in Oakland, California, uh, Richmond, actually, California. And he was at the Richmond 
interfaith center. There was a homeless shelter that he was at, having a party for the children. And see, when he was 12 years old, his mother and his four siblings had to stay in that shelter in one little tiny room. It's there where they clothed him and fed him and ministered to him and loved on him. And he, he recalls and recounts playing football and, and playing games that 10- and 12-year-old boys play. And he said, I had to go back because of what they had done for me. He said, I'm in a position now that I can help get them whatever they need so that they can be successful and help others who were in situations like I was. Isn't that something? He, he, he said, in other words, I'm saying he had a story to tell about what God had done. And now I'm, I'm surmising inter, Interfaith Center. I'm thinking Jesus came up somewhere along the way. That they had to go to church and hear something about the mass and salvation. And he could not forget what the folks there had done for him. Preacher, what you saying? I'm saying all of us have a story to tell. You may not have cameras following in. You may not be a draft choice, but you have a story to tell about how God took you from the guttermost to the uttermost, how he rescued you, how he saved you, how he redeemed you. We all have a story to tell, how he loves you unconditionally, how he has not given up on you. This man had a story. Look at what Jesus, he says, go home. Now Jesus said, no, no, something else I want. Jesus said, no, you can't go. What I, what I noticed is that this man didn't start cussing, no fussing. He didn't do none of that. He simply did what Jesus had told him to do. And when we practice obedience and find ourselves in the will of God, it's amazing how God begins to bless us in ways that we could never imagine. Look at what happened. And I'm going to take my seat, for real. Um, it says that Jesus did not permit him to go. He said, now look what Jesus, Jesus, go home. Go home. Go to your friends. That's strange, isn't it? Jesus said, I want you, watch this, to return home. Because your family, those people who love you, who knew that the only thing you had going for you was staying away from them, you are now someone clothed in your right mind. They are going to look at you with awe. Wait a minute. That, that's, you're no longer shouting and screaming day and night. You're clothed in your right mind. You got clothes on because Luke says this man was naked. So now you got clothes on. You're clothed in your right mind. And he said, I want you to go home and let them see you with their own eyes to see what God has done for you. And look, and then it says how he had compassion on you. Isn't that your story? I mean, come on. I mean, he's had compassion on us. We are where we are, not because you're so smart, you're so bright, you was cum laude, I was thank you laude, but, but whatever you were, it doesn't matter. He's saying, I want you to go home to your family and friends and let them know what I've done. What if we in earnest began to go home to our family and friends and neighbors and let them know what the Lord has done for us and how he has had compassion on us? That's what he's telling us. But it gets better. This man then says, and he departed. 
And he began to proclaim. He was a herald. He began to let everybody know his story. You couldn't shut him up. Child, let me tell you what the Lord done. He, he had something to say and was not embarrassed or ashamed, but he had to tell them. And look at what it says. He went to Decapolis. You know what Decapolis is? That was a region of 10 cities, namely Gentile. Jews, not many were there. They had nobody telling them about Jesus. So the Lord gave him a new assignment. He said, I want you to go somewhere where nobody knows about me. But listen, they know about you because you are legend. Everybody knew how you used to be. Everybody heard about how you was cutting yourself and, and how you was run, screaming night and day naked. Man, everybody knew. And now they look at you and say, my God, if, if God did that, that for him, as messed up as he was, then there may be something to this Jesus. I mean, after all, that cat, he was a wreck. And now he's doing God's bidding. He's telling his story about what Christ has done for him. Wow. That's, he, he went there as God's representative. And they say people marveled. They were amazed at what he had done. They were amazed at what God had done for this man. And God is saying, I got some things to yet do with you. And some people are going to be amazed when they see you because they're going to remember how you used to be and how I changed you. And I believe his testimony went something like this. He said, you know, I used to live among the tombs, and I had an unclean spirit in me. And I tell you, I used to dwell among the tombs, those caves, and, and, and listen, nobody could bind me. I was so strong, I was breaking shackles, and, and nobody could do nothing with me. Chains couldn't hold me. And listen, day and night, I was just screaming and cutting myself. I was a mess, but then I saw Jesus. Hallelujah, he said, then I saw Jesus. Hallelujah, and I ran to him. And when I ran to him, it was an expression of my dependence and, and how I need him to do something for me that I can't do. I didn't even ask him to heal me. He just delivered me. People marvel about what God had done. <sighs> that song used to go, I have decided. Oh, to follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. It says, no turning back, no turning back. Though I may wonder, I still will follow. Though I may wonder, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, though I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back. 
Beloved, make this the day that you decide to follow Jesus. And you will be able to feel like this man, that Jesus Christ is too good to let go. And Father, we do love you. And we pray for that person here today who does not know you in the free pardon of their sin. Lord, I pray that this message would prick their hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do a work in them even now that they recognize that you are available, that they can come to you just as they are. And as they come to you just as they are, help them realize you will not keep them as they have shown up toward you. You will not keep them as they are. Pray that they recognize it, they can experience your presence, and that they too have a story to tell. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen.